This is the Skies Blue Podcast. Excited, I'm excited. Daryl Carpenter's excited, Paul Fisher's excited. I'm not sure about Stuart, he'd have been too excited because Stuart is <laughs> Because you know, this could be the season. I know you say that every year, but we really feel this could be the season. It could be the season that Paul Cook takes Chesterfield back into the Football League, from uh, which they've been missing since 2018. Uh, Paul, the bookies have got Chesterfield down. As ridiculous uh, favourites, five to two for uh, for the championship. Nineteen to ten is the best odds for promotion. That says an awful lot, particularly seen as the next best odds are for Oldham Athletic, nine to one for the championship. So Chesterfield, easy, easy, easy way out favourites. Is it as simple as that, Paul? Well, I mean, I'd love it to be as simple as that. You know, bookies are rarely wrong, though, aren't they? So. Um... But um, I think that uh, the odds being so short on Chesterfield just perhaps say that the the competition is not as as, um, as strong as last year. Um, obviously that Wrexham and Notts County have, have, have gone. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park, is it? Chester will never make it easy on themselves. So you need to give that little bit of length. I'm surprised the bookies have gone that short. You know, it's seeing how uh, I don't do the bookies know a lot about the National League. I'm not too sure, but knowing that that York have got, you know, a, a building a, a really good squad there. Oldham, I'm not too sure. I think Oldham might be a sort of uh, there or thereabouts, but not in the same caliber of York. I, I, I don't know. I, I've got me uh, me design saying that York's going to be more the the threat to Chesterfield. Well, fun, funnily enough, I saw a pie chart, Paul, that said that. Most individual bets have gone on York City. Yeah. Not necessarily the most money, but most individual bets have, have gone on York City. They've signed 16 players. That might be too many. That might be mm. uh, a bridge too far. And when you look down them, there's quite a few that are relatively young. There's quite a few from lower divisions. Uh, and there's a couple from Scotland who are always, you never quite know how it's going to be. Callum Howe, centre-half from Solihull, is probably the, the one that you can predict uh, yeah. uh, the most, but they've got the wonderfully named Depot Akinyemi, who was Ayr's top Striker. scorer last season. Mm. They've, got, they've got a six foot six fella called Kevin Joshua from Peterhead. Who knows how they're going to uh, they're going to go? But Stuart signing sixteen players in one fell swoop. I know they've got new ownership and they've got a few quid to throw at at it, but it'll take until about November to learn learn each other's names, won't it? <laughs> Well, absolutely. I was 16 all in one go. You'd think James Rowe would be looking on enviously, <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, it, uh, it is a lot, isn't it? As you say, they've all got to get to know each other and learn how to play as a team. Um, but only 11 of them are going to have a go at any one time, aren't they? So five people signed who straight away are going to be sat on the bench or stuck in the 
reserves or something. It's a lot of players. And I suppose uh, they may not all be eyes on the first team straight away. There might be, you know, some young lads in there that have a developmental kind of of um, uh, brief about them, I suppose. But uh, but it is a lot, isn't it? You look more for the clubs that have signed fewer players because they've got well-developed squads already, um, like, dare I say, ourselves, um, like Woking, for instance, haven't done a fantastic quantity of business in the transfer market this summer, but some of the quality... Up to nine now. Woking are up to nine. Are they? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Have they been signing more today? Let's give Joe Dart credit here because he's got mm. a wonderful his uh, Twitter with a, a list of everybody's uh, signings. So thanks for that, uh, Joe. I know he'll be listening to the to the podcast. But but Woking have uh, have signed some some quality. They've got Greg Taylor who was at Cambridge last season. Robbie uh, Wilmot who was at Newport. They've got Manny Oyelekar, of course. And if you can keep mm. him fit, he's a great addition. Denon Lewis yeah. is going to build some speed in it. And Charlie Wakefield, who's been around this division for He's not our Charlie Wakefield. No, not that, no one. not that one. Not that one. Yeah, <laughs> not that one. But he's been around for a while. So yeah, they're 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 they've got some quality signings. Looking at York, despite the fact that they've had a lot of individual bets, you can still get eighteen to one for the title for mm. York. So the bookies have looked and not felt there's been that much quality. Woking a fourteen to one. It's Chesterfield favourites, then Oldham, then Hartlepool, then Rochdale, Woking, Dagenham, and Redbridge the next group york and then barnet and then one team i think who signed some good quality players um are at 20 to 1 daryl that's easily if you look at who they've signed they've signed jack taylor jake taylor from stevenage paul mccallum of course enzio baldivine who was ex notts county was at sutton last season Mm. ryan clampin from colchester lee hodson from kilmarnock aidan barlow from doncaster rovers Scott Quigley, who's won, got up in this league twice in the last few years, ex-Barrow and Stockport. Chris Maguire from Air, the lad who had a little bit of a ban for, for betting when he was at Lincoln. And uh, the most intriguing signing that I've noticed, Ludwig Francilette, a six-foot-five-inch former Crawley and Newcastle United Academy player. So, for some reason, they've got some quality, Daz, but the bookies have not really noticed them. No, they they're in my kind of second tier of who I think might spring a surprise. Uh, they, they've got a um, they've got a decent manager, haven't they? Is it, is it Bradbury? Yeah, he's the manager who's who knows this level. Um, he obviously got them on quite a decent run back end of last season. They just missed out on the playoffs, didn't they? In fact, they gave us all all we could handle with a few games to go, didn't they? When we had the famous come back from 2-0 down. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think they'll be far away. Um, six to tenth would be my guess, and we're in that area. Uh, I don't think they'll be pressing for the top four. I'd be surprised. Um, I suspect York might be a bit of smoke and mirrors. Um so it'll be interesting to uh, see how they uh, bring the, all these newcomers together. It's never easy. We've had it a time or two, haven't we, where we brought in sort of 10, 12 bodies and uh, getting a getting a pattern and a team shape and an ethos across to players, you know, and getting some team spirits, the thing, when you've got a, 
uh, a sort of a, a, a disparate group of people that many of which won't know one another and then all the lads that were left presumably will have had their nose to a degree put out of joint as well so it's a difficult balancing act i don't know their manager anybody know anything about their manager michael morton he's, he's not a name with which i'm familiar at york so well he, he was assistant to uh um david webb um no okay. not that one and then he took over when uh, webb had two bouts of covid i think which was uh, he really suffered from um but yep. i like the cut of their jib when they came to our place on good friday yeah i thought they gave us a real real talking to on that day yeah uh, helped by some mistakes from us granted but you know i i fancied them more than oldham because we absolutely battered oldham on the day so um and yeah. lost you know, yes, so, uh, yeah, yeah. But I thought I thought he did really well to keep them up, knowing that what's going off in the background with the takeover and everything. Yeah, I think he did a really good job. So that that's why they're my uh, my kind of tip for second. Yeah, and I think one of the others that I think might spring a surprise is Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, right, okay. They're chain they're changing from pure part-time to sort of a hybrid model hybrid they, yeah yeah mm. they're doing morning training four days a week or something and all that kind of stuff and their track record over the last 20 odd years as we know is fairly spectacular that you know they they move into a division if they don't go straight through it they consolidate and move up the second year so i wouldn't i wouldn't put anything past them um um so i've got them down as a potential dark horse so i think it'll be the usual suspects other than that the bromleys and boron woods and uh woking will be, will be there or thereabouts again i suspect and then of course you've got alderman and hartlepool you're not certainly with hartlepool i don't think you're quite sure what you're going to get um yeah, well Alder- hartlepool haven't got yeah hartlepool haven't got a popular ownership have they that that yeah and you always need everything to be right and of course, they got Dave Challoner when yes. they went up a year or two ago, and he proved that he was no fluke when he went to Stockport and took them from the depths of 17th, 18th position in autumn to uh, 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 to walking away with it in in the end. But you know, Oldham's most notable signing for a variety of reasons is is Charlie Raglan, of course, former spy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, who, who was a Cheltenham. And if you if you look at the rest of the signings. It's not necessarily something that, that yeah, if, if that had happened at Chesterfield, there wouldn't have been an awful lot of uh, over-enthusiasm, I don't think. Uh, how many how many signings have they had I since said. January, Phil, since uh, Orangewood took over? How many signings have they had since January? Well, they had a lot back in the last season, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but in, in, the, in the summer, they've signed six. Um, I'll just give you a quick list of them i'll just put it up um it's in alphabetical order this um josh lundstrom who was at uh, altrigham last mm. kurt willoughby dan ward sean hobson who will have come from south end uh and and charlie raglan so decent decent signings no question about it but for a team that most of us felt were going to be absolutely number one competition their props not signed uh, um, as much quality as as we thought but they did finish last season well so they've got a a a good base no question about that 
Uh, Borumwood, they've signed Tom Whelan, who doesn't, to me, seem to be a Borumwood sort of style player, so whether they're going to try and play a bit more football. But they signed Angelo Balanta as well, who's another non-Borumwood type player, but I think he's a great player. Yeah. Um, they've lost George Broadhead, haven't they? He's uh, joined Doncaster uh, from when he was on loan from the Blades last year. So he was sort of him and Zach Brunt were their two sort of holders, weren't they? And um, they've, is, they've lost Zach them Brunt's both, haven't they? So. Mm. Yeah, Zach Brunt's gone to Barnet, along with Sam Barrett, who was uh, a tormentor at Maidenhead, but has had a lot of injuries in the last year or two. Mm, and Reese yeah. Johnson's gone to, to Barnet as well, at Wrexham. So uh, uh, Hartlepool's main uh, signing is Kieran Wallace, who we signed from Mansfield, Mansfield Town. Uh, um, Dagenham have signed some decent players. Tom, Tom uh, Eastman. Frankie Vincent from Knotts, Jake Hessenthaler, who knows uh, his way around the uh, the football pitch. But have any of the signings been the quality of Will Grigg and Tom Naylor anywhere, Paul? Um, no, I don't. Th- I don't think they have. I don't think. But I don't think they're buying. You know, the rest of the National League are buying players from the Championship or or League One, are they? So, you know, they're kind of buying players who are. You know, like, like like we've mentioned before, and the the sort of Scottish lower league clubs, or or investing in sort of youngsters. So it, it says that they're sort of on the on the on the development side of things, aren't they? I know that Boreham Wood lost a, a lot of players in the back end. I think uh, you mentioned that that was going to be the the swan song, wasn't it? The Notts County game. So they've they've yeah. kind of brought in trying to brought in some established players, as you mentioned with Belanta and Whelan but also trying to find little nuggets there. So I think Boreham Wood might be a threat, but I don't think they'll be as good as the last couple of years. Um, so, I, you know, I don't see any any side really bringing in uh, too many sort of stars, if you will, you know, uh, for the National League, you know, as as Grigg and Naylor have been. Even, even bringing Tyra in to uh, for Chesterfield, you know, is a... A key thing because you don't sign many players from Premier League clubs, do you? So, um, so yeah. yeah. But the but the, tr- the, tr- the truth is with with Tyra does. If we'd have seen that on somebody else's that name on somebody else's list, we'd have ignored it because we don't know who he is. Yeah. Uh, we only know he had a great season at Chester because his name was linked, and we all had a look. So really, does you know he 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 wouldn't ruffle any feathers anywhere else when they're looking at Chesterfield signings. No, no, quite. Um, it's it's always interesting with these young young goalkeepers in particular because I always think goalkeeping at that level is if you're big enough, you've obviously got a decent set of hands. Can you use your feet and what's your decision making like? And um, young goalkeepers make more mistakes, but they're also extremely agile. So I think you've just got to balance the two out, really. Um, I've liked the look of him pre-season. I know he made the uh, the error against Derby, but he sure made up for it, didn't he? Um, mm. And his reaction to making good saves, I love it when goalkeepers celebrate a save like they've scored a goal. Because, you know, when you punch in the air, when you, you push something away, I, I think that's really good to see because he clearly cares about what he's doing and uh, likes a clean sheet. So I think the signs are good with him. He's a good size too, isn't he? You know, he's, uh, I'm sure he'll cope with a rough and tumble of the, uh, of the National League OK. So uh, he, looks, he looks quite an exciting prospect. So, so we've we've spent a bit of time looking at new signings and our main rivals. But Stuart, I'll I'll ask you the uh, the final question, and it's a simple <laughs> one word: uh, Southend. 
my goodness. Um, you, you don't know from day to day, do you? You know, um, I mean, uh, I can't personally see them having somebody come in and take it over because what's the chairman at the moment, the owner selling, all he's selling is the name on a piece of paper at company's house, isn't he? He's not, very, very you quick. know, mm. yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but you're also buying all the debt and all this, yeah. that and the other. Um, they're not getting the ground or any of that, you know, so as an investor, really what you've got to be is a fan with a truckload of money that doesn't mind losing it. You know, um, you're not going to get anybody who's, as far as I can see, who's interested in building anything because there's nothing there to build if you don't get the the stadium and all of that. Um, will they do anything this season? Again, my kind of opinion on that changes from day to day, depending upon how close they are. You know, I mean, they they paid all the administrative staff today, apparently, didn't they? Three months' wages. Um, but as somebody on on my Twitter feed or X feed or whatever it is now um, observed that there's another payday in a few days time. So, you know, does, mm. does the cycle start all over again? It, it's, it's absolute carnage if you're a South end fan um, and it's horrible. We've been in similar situations ourselves. I'm sure every club has, you know, Kevin Mayer was the manager of the season in the National league last season because he yeah. has to, a crocker what's it last season and he managed to get some pretty decent results they were hanging on him the coattails of the players for an awful long time until the real pressure was on and of course they were under transfer embargo for the for the whole season and everything he, he did a fantastic job but there comes a, a time when as an employee you've got to say enough is enough and you know, at the moment he's got 12 players or whatever yeah those are injured and no lawnmower mm, yeah there's another one left today, I think, gone to another club in the district. Um, you know, it, it it's it's so hard for their supporters, you know, who, who came up in reasonable numbers and were were very, you know, good natured about all of that and, and, and took well to our joining in their, their protest when we went down there last season. Um, you know, you just hate to see it happen to other, but you don't mind beating teams fair and square, 11 versus 11, you know, but when one team comes along and it's got one arm tied behind its back and both legs tied together, it's, you know, it, it's terrible. Well, a few years us. ago before, yeah, a few years ago before we were in this uh, division, it was um, Hyde United ran out of money, didn't they? They put mm. up their youth team and were being beaten. Yeah. Millions every uh, 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 every week, so you don't want that level. And it's interesting on uh, soccer base, which of course is a element of Bet 365s but it's a it's a good statistic page. They've got the odds on for all the matches on the opening day. Um, South Envy Oldham's not got any odds. On. Haven't no. South End had a television game pulled? As yes, well? they have. Yeah. Yes. Removed. Yeah. yeah. Good, good point. And looking at, looking at the opening day fixtures Barnet v Hartlepool looks intriguing to me I think they're two that will certainly be in the playoff mix no question Solihull and Eastleigh are two of those teams they're coming together um that, that you know as as uh, was pointed out a little a little while ago they could be the sixth to tenth sort of team uh Solihull have signed Matty Warburton who I think is a great player and Josh Labadee so uh Ollie Banks better watch his uh, yeah. uh watch his bits of body there might be some give him a gum shield going on yeah yeah gum shield on <laughs> he got, uh, he, he, and then you've got, got I think he's been injured in his first game so he might be out for a while all oh, right 
Oh, right. OK, OK. And then there's there's one of the fixtures that they always throw up, Rochdale against Ebbsfleet. So a team that was in the EFL and a team that was in the regional mm. football uh, last last season. But, yeah, I, I can remember the first match at, uh, at Whitmore against, against Barnet. I can remember saying, well, Barnet will have no idea whether they're a good team or not, because I had about eight or nine people making the debuts. And so people don't know. You know, they assume that 24 mm. teams or 23 teams will be assuming they're good. Uh, and, and sometimes you don't know until game five or six if you no. could or not. But uh, Chesterfield have, have done pretty well in pre-season, uh, Stuart. That mm-hmm. record 9-0 win over Matlock, the best we've done against Alfred, that 5-1 win. People were saying it's only Matlock, it's only Alfred. Well, yeah, but... Matlock were only two levels below and playoffs yeah. last season. Uh, Alfred were one level below and playoffs last season so if you look upwards in the same way uh matlock are the opposite of league one yeah yeah and uh, 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 uh aren't they so you know those two were were pretty exciting and it was with respect only matlock and alfreton but you've still got to go out and beat them and we've never done that well, before. absolutely you know if, if you create nine chances in a game well, you score nine goals in a game, it's because you created at least nine chances and there's been somebody there to put them away, you know? Um, what more do you want, you know? If we made if we made 15 chances against Matlock, put nine of them away. If we'd have made 15 chances and only put one of them away, you know, you, you've got to go out and beat these teams, yes, as you say. And, and, and against that, you can balance the performances against the, the better teams that we've played, uh, which have all been very creditable i think very good performances you know none of the teams that we've played have run away with it like we did against matlock or against alfred you know and they are two divisions or one division well two or three four divisions in some cases above us you know and we've actually kind of held our own and then gave gave all of them a good game you know i mean to go to to to, to accrington who I know they they put new players in and all that and they're they they a week after us so they're probably um, still no, at the same time I think are they I think they start yeah, yeah you right. expect them to be in the same yeah. state of readiness as we are yeah. but we look as though we could stroll out tomorrow and play the first game of the season don't we you know we 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 we're not really experimenting anymore we're just getting minutes in everyone's legs now you know and and rotating this this team you know. Um, and I suppose Bristol Rovers will start with more or less with the team that he wants to start the, the league game with. Um, but yeah, we've done well in all the pre-season friendlies. You know, we, we, we deserve a lot of credit for how we've arranged them, how we've set them up, you know, the order that we've played them in and all of that. You know, it's been a really well-planned and well-executed pre-season, I think. We, well, I'm not quite sure how I planned the uh, Drew Talbot testimonial match against Sheffield Wednesday. We, we just bagged a date. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, 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 then as, but then as soon as that was arranged, that didn't become a traditional <laughs> yeah. testimonial no, game, did it? it very, very much so. Regulation and, pre-season and, and, friendly. And, you know. and, and Paul, the only time that we've looked second best in all of the games was when Ilman and Jai and Ollie McBurney came on for Sheffield United in that first 20 minutes because they were fantastic, weren't they? Yes, they were very good. They they stood out, didn't they, really? they um, You know, if you want that extra bit of gear, I think that Sheffield United really showed that they, they are a class above, aren't they, really? I think uh, um, it it, it kind of showed when they're, they're bringing on their, their 
what do they they nickname him 60 million million don't they so they think that's <laughs> how much he's he's worth so um and of course again he's, he's playing uh, uh for them but there's a chance that he might move to marseille um so that that's a kind of standard that he is and Oliver McBurney's been and done it, hasn't he, in the, in the Premier League, in the Championship before. You know, he's not a natural, uh, um, regular goal scorer, but he's a, a real handful, isn't he? And you could see the two goals, how quickly Sheffield United capitalised on just a nano error from uh, from from our defence and how quickly they broke through. And, you know, you just saw that and that. You know, wow, you know, that, that that's a, a a wonderful level. And if ever Chesterfield can get to that level, it'll be amazing, won't it? So, uh, but yeah, uh, that's the only real one. But apart from that, you know, when they brought, was it last 20 minutes? Um, saw clips of it, Chesterfield really competed when they had their sort of first team out, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And and as we talked about that, the, the Alfredton and the Matlock and progress with that. Well, Chesterfield have only ever twice played a team four divisions above them because of course they've got to be in the National League to play a team yeah. four divisions. Chelsea lost 5-1. Sheffield United in a pre-season friendly in 2019 lost 5-0. So 2-0 is an improvement in a slightly <laughs> different way yeah. but you know it's been five every time does before. Yeah no I, I think we've equipped ourselves really well. I mean there was a lot of nonsense on the uh, on message boards Facebook wherever saying oh we haven't scored any goals for three games you know woe is me kind of rubbish um i mean we you've got to understand you're up against players who are quicker faster fitter stronger you know better, better. yeah mm. in, in, in almost every way so uh what i like was the fact that you know we seem to have balance in both 11s um i think there was an appreciable um turnaround in that Sheffield United game after you say that first 15 minutes of the second half they'd obviously chucked on their heavy hitters but when we chucked ours on we were back yeah. to parity again which yeah. was really quite encouraging so yeah I, I can't think Touchwood I know we've a game to go on another week and a half's training but I can't think we've had uh, a pre-season with less drama um, if, if Cookie could have scripted where we are as of today, 10 or 12 days before the start of the season, I'm sure he'd be ticking every box kind of thing. So uh, it, it's been a, it's been really encouraging in, in lots of ways. Um, and a lot of our French players, I think, have, have, have shone too. You know, the likes of Shackleford again has been, been really good when he's when he's played his halves and hours and things. Uh, I thought Horton looks better defensively than he did at any time last season. So, you know, hopefully he's been working on that. Um, as we were saying earlier, the keeper looks encouraging. Um, my only worry with the squad maintained what it was when we, we were sat outside doing al fresco last time. I just think we'll light up front and God forbid something happens to, to Greg. Um, I think we're a body light up top. But what they have done, of course, by not getting Dallas is whatever we were going to offer Dallas, presumably sat there in a war chest waiting to be used if necessary. Um, and, and I think Paul Cook has probably got surprising, you know, probably quite a bit more in his in his armory than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he was he was telling me off 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 air, as it were, uh, that with the likes of Oyelaki, who was. Uh, um, on on a few bob gone that um, 
you know the overall spend he's still got quite a bit to go at right well that's encouraging isn't it and uh, the other thing is we tend to forget but a lot of football league clubs will be finalizing squads in this next week or so some will be tweaking right up to the end of august won't they when the window shuts but we can just still go and buy players from the football league if we need them uh we're not under that kind of constraint so maybe he's waiting to see how squads turn out are there some young really decent loanees um i mean the kid that terrorizes in the first half of the Sheffield united game Os- osula was it uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. God forbid, we could get him on a on a season long loan, and, and I'm not saying necessarily him, but there'll be players like him knocking about at, at at Premier League and Championship teams who they want to get out and get some men's football. So maybe that's the way to go now. That whatever money we have got in the pot, mm-hmm. we put towards a loan fee, maybe and uh, and wages. And, and bring somebody in. What I'd like somebody is with electric pace just to give us something different. Um, yeah, well, but, I, I, I certainly think that the, the target areas are another striker, uh, another attacking midfielder and a centre-half, I think, are probably the areas. And, and the second goalkeeper, whether Ryan Boot becomes the second goalkeeper or not, we'll, we'll soon yeah. find out. But, you know, people I've spoken to said, well, Ryan Boot's not going to want to be a number two. But potentially, it could be Ryan Boot and Aritari, our first proper duel since Richard O'Donnell and Tommy Lee. That hasn't been run, has it, really? Re- realistically. No. And uh, what happened when Richard O'Donnell and Tommy Lee were there? Oh, yeah, we did quite well. Yeah, I think <laughs> I remember. Uh, um, no, no question about it. Who, Stuart, has um, impressed you in pre-season, surprised you in pre-season a little bit? Because a lot of these players, we know what they're capable of. So we've not been surprised a great deal by Colclough or Dobra or whatever. Mm. Um, but I tell you what, with Dobra, everybody, all the opposition fans have seen have been impressed with him. Well, indeed, they all know who he is now, don't they? No, with, with people like Colclough and Dobra, you can be impressed that they've come back and carried on as if they hadn't been away, you know. Um, I don't know if anybody's actually surprised me i don't you, know, you get first look at um bailey hobson which is um you know you get the impression that, that he's going to be a good player um and i, you I, are, I think he well, was signed i think he was signed for one for the future but mm, i think the way he's played he could be one for the present yeah mm. yeah and and you, you're sort of reassured when you see people like tom naylor playing you know because you know the manager's had a lot of faith in him and he obviously hasn't come here for threepence a week um and you know it looks like we, we've got quality there you know um so i don't think there's anything that's especially surprised me um in in terms of what i've seen from any players um but you know just as dad says with the fringe players come coming in and and just picking up the baton when 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 the rotation has happened you know and everybody just seems to be in the right place you know and of the right frame of mind i think um you know it is a sort of wider kind of sense i get from what i've seen um and, and the general kind of pi- overall picture is impressive mm. yeah yeah and and what a balance you you can write down your 22 players in two two elevens mm, yeah they are two elevens aren't they mm. you know I've, I've sort of got it got written down in in 
one form. Tyra and second goalkeeper, well, that's Chadwick or Boot, goalkeeper. King or Shackleford, Palmer or Williams, Grimes or Maguire, Clements or Horton, Naylor or Jones, Banks or Aldacre, Mandeville or Curtis, uh, um, Dobber or Hobson, Colclough or Ukegbulum, Grig or Quigley. They're, they're all direct covers. Mm. And yes, whilst you might lack experience with 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 uh, one or two of those guys, Ukegbulum, Hobson, in the attacking midfield area, which is, I think, why Paul Cook perhaps looking at, at, at that area. And that's why Callum Ainley was on trial at Accrington in 250 games or whatever for mm-hmm. Crew Alexander. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's obviously something about uh, about him, him, him there. So it's really balanced, Paul. I, I think it's the most balanced we've gone into a, a season with any squad for a long time. Yeah, there is. I mean, he's, he's sort of done it throughout pre-season, hasn't he? He's sort of selected a 45 and a second 45. And it's not necessarily been a nailed on first 11 there's been sort of nine players you think well that's that's quite but there's been guesswork even guesswork at right back level you, you could say you know where Shackleford's done oh, could be nothing wrong really in pre-season you know he's, he's certainly matched Jeff King um I, I, in my opinion um a, a debate at left back you're absolutely right Hobson and Clements have come out all guns blazing to try and nail down that position um so I mean the only question about obviously you can't um really put Quigley up against Grigg in terms of the same player because you'd have to play slightly differently, wouldn't you, for them? But, you know, where uh, Grigg is obviously the target, uh, the box man, isn't he? You know, as a, as a sense. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all about being competition players. He's always wanted a spare, a spare bloke, hasn't he, to uh, to go up against. Um, um, think the, only, the only issue, obviously, is the goalie as well. I mean, Luke Chadwick has been mentioned by Danny Webb on a couple of occasions that he's He's not quite ready for first eleven yet. He's he's not far away, but you know, you look back at him. He's only nineteen. I mean, he's massive, isn't he, for a nineteen-year-old? He's really tall. Um, but you know, he could do with perhaps a uh, a spell, perhaps uh, for the under twenty-three. a lot more games there, or even somewhere else. You know, uh, uh, locally, if he can get a game. So, um, so He'll yeah, be playing yeah. men's football, won't he, in the Central Midlands Alliance next season with our yeah. Youth team, youth yeah. inverted commas. So that's team. that's a very good point, Stuart. The the yeah. the youth team, or the youth second academy for what whatever it's called. Uh, I think operated eight different teams in various things. They've dropped that down to four, but the mm. the, the, the most telling thing is you just said there. They've entered a men's league, the central what, what is it, central midlands central midlands alliance alliance. alliance yeah. yeah, it's the old yeah. central midlands so, league uh, combined with another one. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, that that will bring people on because does the the one the person that's surprised me in preseason the most from a positive point of view is George Wilkinson, who mm. who when he wasn't on the team sheet at number thirty four and he looked about thirty well twenty six. Me and Jamie were thinking, who's that thirty four? He looked about twenty six. He looked experienced, <laughs> and it was an eighteen year old George Wilkinson. So he's put yeah. some you know this bit of full time trading joining in with the with the big boys has really seen him come forward in leaps and bounds. And and, yeah. and there's been some praise from sorry Daryl there's been some praise on Twitter from for George Wilkinson who uh, got a little tweet from the club because he's obviously been at the club since he was ten but Billy Key who he pl- would have played with at Colville last year just said what a player so uh, that's a little, little uh, nod in his uh, feather in his that's cap good. there for yeah. George Wilkinson yeah mm-hmm. no he's, he he was very impressive uh, as you say he looked looked um, a boy in a man's body which is always good to see. 
Uh, and I thought he had an excellent game last year against Colville. Put his, his, his goal aside, he was probably the best player on the pitch that day because we weren't very good, but he was, I thought he was outstanding. Um, he, he looks a prospect, doesn't he? Um, obviously far too, too early yet. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly a prospect and it's nice to see that we've signed the four lads, isn't it? Yeah. Um, w- with a view to actually, um, getting some development path through from the academy, uh, which mm. is what you know, what all supporters love. Uh, we like one of our own, don't we? And uh, I, I think it, we had to, Daz. I think we had yeah. to sign them because you know we've been we've had his fingers burnt with the uh, the other lad that's gone to Watford. So yep. now there's nothing stopping, mm. yeah, obviously being poached and everything. But mm. you've got to you've got to sign these players or put them on some sort of contract because they're just going to walk. You know, it's yep. not it's mm. not their fault. You know, the club needs to nail them down. I see Sully Moores today have announced the signing of ten players from their academy team. They? Yeah, they got similar sort of set up to ours in academy terms. Yes, and they've just mm. gone out and signed the whole lot, more or less. Yeah, just yeah. just as you say, to to be able to have some kind of control over them, yeah. as it were. Yeah, but yeah. they're going to play. The thing is, they're going to play, and more importantly, they've got to play play against men more often so i've been to a couple of the youth youth setups pre-season games and you know they they are they do play pre-season games against men uh, uh very often mm. um but of course when they're in under 18s under the 19s under 21 leagues or whatever they're playing against peers aren't they? yeah not not gnarled 35 mm. year olds being there around yeah. and knows all yeah all, all, all the tricks and mm. uh yeah they've done well they've, they've performed very very well against uh, much more experienced, perhaps not as fit and agile, but nevertheless people who know know what to do with a football. Uh, just so you know, uh, um, listeners, we're recording this ahead of the Bristol Rovers game. It'll be coming out just after the Bristol Rovers game, so we can't talk about that. But we'll be coming back next to talk about Chesterfield's National League games during August. <laughs> Well, a little bit of history, Stuart, coming up. Uh, Dorking Wanderers, the uh, first match of this season at home. Dorking Wanderers was the first match of last season away from home. Um, it's the first time in league format matches. We've played the same team home and away in consecutive seasons for the first match since the early 60s when Workington uh, uh, had that honour. Mm-hmm. We lost one and drew one and didn't score in either of them in that one but we drew against Dorking last season so hope it doesn't follow suit although eagle-eyed people might spot that in the 70s we played Tramia home and away in the first game of consecutive seasons but one of those was in the League Cup mm-hmm. that was when they used to play a few uh, League Cup fixture before so mm-hmm. it was the League fixture so yeah the first time for 60 years in essence since we've uh, we, we've had the same team on the opening day of the uh, of the season uh, at all, and it's reverse fixtures as well, the same as the Workington ones. But starts off with Dorking. We've then got uh, AFC filed away. Our first ever visit to Oxford City on a Tuesday night. Then Oldham's a telematch at 12:30. Altrincham's the last Saturday match away from home, and then Hartlepool at home on Bank Holiday Monday. So Oldham and Hartlepool, two of the fancied sides in there. Dorking Stewart's uh, 
uh, outside bet. Fylde always throw a bit of money at it as well. Who knows about Oxford City? Um, but Dorking, a great first fixture, does because we know they're going to want to come and try and play football, and that suits Chatfield down to the ground. Yeah, they'll come. Uh, they'll come three five two. You know exactly what you're going to get with them. Uh, and uh, and they'll have a go. Um, they won't come and park the bus. That's absolutely certain. So um, I suspect it might be a four-two or a five-three or something, uh, which would be a nice uh, a nice start to the season, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, no, I'm sure the the club are. I mean, one of the other things we we didn't mention particularly was the support that, that we. Oh we've had at the pre-season games absolutely yeah. staggering so <laughs> you know if that continues into the into the league campaign um i'm, I'm sure uh sure, i'm sure the board will be sure delighted yeah it's been uh, unbelievable two nine thousands and uh, was it six thousand not against derby yeah um, yeah, yeah twenty four thousand people through the turnstile before a uh, ball in anger is uh kicked absolutely Unbelievable. So yeah, let's hope we pack the place for Dorking Wanderers. And of course, you know we're not going to be relying on four thousand people coming down the A61 from Sheffield in that game, are we? No. Uh, but looking at looking at Dor- Dorking, they've uh, signed a guy called Harrison Mayle from Worthing. They've also signed Tony Craig, who was on loan last season. He's a a youngster at 38, probably <laughs> yeah. as fit as a butcher's dog. Um, so yeah, he's not a new new face, but he's a, a a new one. They've uh, signed a guy called Jack Saunders from the academy. Um, Callum Backhurst is a um, a goalkeeper, I think. Um, yeah, and a guy called Jevan Dyer, a young right winger. So you know they've they've not really changed their side an awful lot. They brought some youngsters in, and uh, Harrison Mail um, is 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 the main one, twenty two year old. Um, so they're not going to be very much different, Stu, from last season. No, as Daryl says, you know what their philosophy is, um, and you know that they're going to come out and try and, um, you know, take a full part in a game of football, which, which, and as I'm sure we all agree, is is right up Paul Cook's street, really. You know, just what you want your opponents to come and do here is to come and try and play their way to a win, because if we're playing well on our day we're probably better than anybody on our day and we can go and you know do to them what they want to do to us um yeah it, it it's an ideal start um and and looking forward to it, it should be a good game they, you, um, they, they, yeah, yeah they, they brought some real experience back uh towards the end of the season when they were looking like going down um Jason Pryor, the centre forward who'd scored the goals that got them promoted mm. uh, the previous year and had gone because he he didn't want the travelling of National League. They they managed to coax him back, I think, from Havant and one or two others. And I think the the other guy that scored a lot of goals from Rutherford got a, an ACL in yeah, about yeah. August September yeah. time, so didn't play last season. But I think he'll be back in in harness. So um, I think with the changes that they made to keep them up towards the end of last season, these few additions now, and of course, changing the, this height, going to this hybrid sort of full-time model. It'll be interesting to see how the, uh, how they go this time. 
Mm. Yeah, and it'd be interesting if Alfie Rutherford is fit again because uh, him and Dobber on the same part. There's bound to be some sparks. No <laughs> question about uh, that. Uh, uh, Rutherford, people may remember, played for Haven and Waterlooville in the game when we scored a last gas penalty to really ease the relegation problem in what, what will it be yeah. 1920 that'll have been mm-hmm. won't it um scott bowden i think scored a a, a, a last absolutely last gas pen, penalty and alfie rutherford was at haven't waterlooville there and i think wanted to fight anybody that went anywhere near him <laughs> and Mike is not the biggest fella in the world as well no. mm-hmm. so uh, uh so 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 dorking then then um filed away paul and mm. chesterville seemed to have uh uh, seem to do pretty well when they've 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 been there before. You know they'll they're bound to take a lot of supporters this time yeah. with the enthusiasm that's there and the fact that it's a summer weekend and it's around the down the road from Blackpool and everything. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's one of those potential that there might be as many of us as them. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the initial reports were, but it's something like 1,200 tickets made available. But I'm I'm, I'm estimating that it uh, probably could be more than that. You know, if you can. Get yourself in there, but their ground changed a little bit since Chester were there last time, and they've uh, made a covered stand opposite on the the left hand side from the main stand now. So it's, it's sort of in a bit of a bowl, so it's all covered all the way around now. So bottom uh, of the big big main stand, but uh, I mean, obviously filed it. Not too sure how they'll they'll fit in uh, this season. Not expecting them to be up there, kind of mid table, I would think. But I think they've probably got enough quality not to go down so um so yeah but it's always an interesting visit when when chesterfield uh, go there so um so yeah um it's a good a good away game to start with i think and and get that one uh, sort of done and dusted pretty quickly yeah and their signings they've signed a guy called kieran glynn from uh, scarborough academy player taylor o'kane theo richardson who was goalkeeper at buxton uh, ex-man united uh, youngster uh, 29-year-old right-winger John Utsabasi, um, ex-Chorley, so just moved down the road from National League North. Uh, Goldam Omatayo, who uh, played mm. for... Uh, Kings Lynn, was it? Uh, Kings Lynn, mm. um, yeah. rem- remember him uh, quite a bit. And a guy called Owen Evans, who uh, uh, I think is their version of Jeff King, is described by Joe Dart in his uh, summary as an attacking defender. So <laughs> uh, he's ex Gloucester City. On, uh, they uh, had a team. We've never signed anybody from there, have we? Um, so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, they, they've they've not signed anybody from a high level. No. So interesting. interesting to see how they uh, hmm. how they they nip in. Do you do you expect anything from Fylde really? Does this season? Um, they'll no doubt throw a few bob at it, won't they? I think they'll be competitive. Um, middle middle of the table i don't think anything more than that um they won the middle of the table already with your uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it always is isn't it in the national league in fairness um there's never a lot between uh sort of the four that go down and the top four um so mm. um yeah i can't see him putting in a serious challenge for the playoffs but i don't think they'll be in any bother now, what about Oxford City? Will they be in some bother? They've uh, mm. their three signings to date. They've signed a goalkeeper on loan from Ebbsfleet. They've signed um, a fullback from St Albans City, and they've signed a winger from Dartford. So, um, you know, are, are are they one of those that are expecting? Well, 
let, let's give the players that got us here a, a chance uh, and let's not try and bankrupt the bankrupt the club. Is that the, the, the tactic, do you think, Daryl? Yeah, I suspect it is. I, I, I don't think... I don't think there's an awful lot of money chucking around down at Oxford City. The other thing is that they'll be playing on the fact like quite one or two teams that come up, that they've got the the home advantage they'll hope with the plastic pitch and everything, you know, brings them a lot of points. Um, and can they pick up enough away from home to keep them out of trouble is probably what they're looking at. Um, looking at the signings you've just mentioned, there's nothing there that would stand out to to suggest that they're going to try and mount anything other than a rearguard action, does it? So I know they they managed to re-sign a lot of the squad that were out of contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably out of necessity rather than anything else. And as you say, you know, give the, at least give the lads a chance who got them up. So, uh, yeah, I suspect they might have a tough time, but they'll, um, they'll be competitive at home, I think. Um, mm. I, watched and, their, um, I watched their playoff game. Does, does, yeah. And uh, the playoff final, they, they played, um, and and they look quite handy. So mm. um, we've got Alfie Potter plays for them, yeah. who always is a right pain in the neck against us. Great little player, um, only you know, little diminutive midfielder who always has his best game of the season against Chesterfield. But out of interest, if you watch them, you'll you'll probably know the answer to this. Uh, I, I only knew when I when I looked for this podcast who the manager of. Um, Oxford City is. Uh, I'm, I'm sadly not able to remember that, Philip, so you'll have to enlighten yeah. me. Paul's yawning, so he can't remember. Paul's always got stuff written down in front of him. But nobody uh, no, seems to know. That one. No. Well, I can officially tell you that it's somebody who scored on my honeymoon. Oh, um, hang on. Well, as, well as, <laughs> as well as Jenkins. As well as you. Ross Jenkins. I'm now going to put an 18 oh, in. rating Crikey. on this now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ross Jenkins, ex-Watford. And I took my nearest and dearest, Sylvia, on our honeymoon to uh, Watford 2, Chesterfield 0, on March 3rd, 1979. <laughs> and Luther Blissett scored the other goal. Ah. Graham Taylor, of course, was manager of Watford there. Yeah. So that, mm. uh, tall, uh, tall that, wanky centre-forward, wasn't mm. he? Yeah. Yeah, he was a big lad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, no question. So, yeah, Rush Jenkins. I didn't know he was there. I've just, I've just literally had a look in preparation of. Uh, yeah. of, of the the other really, thing they so, have uh, got is the um, the lad who was always, I think he was a product of Chelsea and and was always deemed to be the next superstar midfielder, McEachran. You remember the the, the lad oh yeah McEachran. Chelsea Jody. Yeah. Who went oh, down down that. Yeah, Zach yeah. McEachran, yeah. Yeah, exactly. and it's his yeah. brother uh, that they've got yes. running the midfield, and he looked quite oh. a tidy player. So, yeah. All oh, right, yeah, there you go. So, I'm, I'm going to have to be tested. The, the honours of. I'm going to try and be tested and not say Oxford United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've had we've had uh, all, all sorts of docking do- and woking was a big problem. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for, for quite a lot, you know, the in the Ing Derby players, you know, the teams. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at Oxford City's honours in 1921. They won, they won the Tournoi de Pacte de Stade Francais in 1921. 
go. And the FA Amateur Cup in 1906. Yeah, big old amateur team, around. weren't they, for many years? Um, uh, been around an awful yeah. long time, yeah. So, they Oxford United in professional? Or, no, they wouldn't have been professional, no. but would they? No, no they're probably they're just friendlies, well, well, Oxford, friendlies, weren't they? Oxford only came yeah. into the league in 60, didn't they? So yeah. um, They could have played Headington yeah. United, couldn't they? That's oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, be, be worth a worth a look on uh, on that, and then of course, not surprisingly, an early television game, uh, Paul Oldham at home. You know, we've talked about those yeah. being serious rivals. You know, it, it came as no surprise when a bit of TNT put under that one. <laughs> and yeah. um, you know, so so that that'll be the uh, the the first. Chesterfield game against one of the one of the big hitters, so that that mm. there's there's a lot resting on that in terms of uh, bragging rights. Yeah, you could yeah. say that's a sort of first major test of this. I know the opening day game is always a test, isn't it? But mm. you'd say that's probably going to be the one you you'd penciled in straight away, as in, oh, that could be a, a cracker of a, of a game. And yeah, naturally, yeah, they've the brought the kickoff forward. Um, I'm sure the police are absolutely delighted about that, actually, so that they've done that. Um, well, of course, but, of course, one of the things is that it's only 800 away fans now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, the Oldham don't Oldham don't sell out the. Weirdly, they don't sell out the North Stand ever, ever. Every time they've been, they've never, never sold out their full allocation, and it's which is strange for for a club of uh, of reasonable size to Chesterfield, you know. So, but then again, Chesterfield can't sell out their allocation at, at Boundary Park because it's massive their away end, isn't it? So. Uh, <laughs> But, but, yeah. but of course, all the time that we've been on Whitmore, uh, Oldham have had unpopular ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So you know, it's it's only now that uh, the 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 guy who's in charge who does does all the cementing himself, all the concreting himself, has <laughs> uh, has completely transformed the feel of the uh, of the club. They were slipping away. They felt like they were slipping away. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was talk twelve months ago, was it, that they were not going to open a brand new stand because it was too expensive to mm. to open. That, that's that, yeah. That's mm. a year, only a year ago or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They they two, brought thirteen hundred and six last year, Oldham. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. It's a bit more than the two sections in E, isn't it? Um, but obviously yeah, not. But, uh, um, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and you know, the new owner was there then i know that because i spoke to him at the game so yeah. uh, uh well in fact he was there early on in the season when we were mm. one nil at their place wasn't he i didn't so, realize oh, yeah. he was on um i didn't realize he was on survivor with uh bear grills <laughs> what frank Rothwell. <laughs> yeah. i didn't know, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize bear grills did this i didn't realize bear grills did the program yeah. called survival look so. it up on youtube frank rothwell survivor he won it i think I'm, I'm not surprised uh, Bear Grylls evidently did an episode of Survivor in Oldham. No, he went. Yeah, he went, yeah I, I will reverse that. He was on a, an island somewhere. Oh, they did oh some I see. Yeah. The Bear Grylls in Oldham would be an exceptional programme. Yeah, to look for wildlife, I'm sure. Um, yeah, wild pies. Yeah, reverse that. It's on an island somewhere. So, um, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> weird. Absolutely yeah. weird. He has to bonk, he's absolutely bonkers, isn't he? Oh so yeah, yeah he's, he, but he's a very pleasant bonkers. An eccentric. Uh, I, yeah. I, I had four or five minutes conversation with him, and it was a thoroughly pleasant four or five minutes conversation I had with him. It was just by chance, yeah. You know, he, he was just walking around having a look at the facilities just as I was walking past, and uh, we stopped and had a chat. And he was absolutely waxing lyrical about all the 
the facilities at Chesterfield. It was uh, genuinely, genuinely, yeah, uh, yeah, um, taken with, with with what he saw. Then Alty away um, again. You know, we had we had uh, we, we won there last season. I think we, before we nearly got locked in the uh, the press box or thrown out by a security man, me and Josh Marsh. But uh, um, you know. I, Altering of uh, how many players they've signed nine players, so again it's one of those that you're not really quite sure what they're going to be uh, like. They're one of these high. No, they're full time, I think now, aren't they? They're full time. Yes, yeah, yeah. only second year. But I don't think they've had a great preseason, yeah. Phil. Looking at no. the results, I don't. I don't think they have. No, no. But they've signed Dear Angus, who's you know always a handful up front, isn't he? Played he played for um, uh, uh, Ian Everett at Barrow, I think, didn't he? Mm. And Joey Jones was at Solihull. Last season, Chris Con Clark, who's a, a young player, who's uh, yeah, who's who's pretty pretty good, and then uh, player who played. I th- was it our first home game last season against Aldershot on a Tuesday night? Was that the first home game? It was certainly one of the very early yeah. home games that uh, I did the commentary with Aquasi Asante. Yeah, yeah, he he couldn't stop tittering about their player called Justin Amaluza. Yeah. And so, well, for football, you just don't want to be yeah. called Amaluza. Well, Altrincham have signed him. Uh, uh, they've got uh, Justin Donower, who was at Solihull as well. Um, George Wilson, who probably played uh, against us last season for Colville. So, uh, um, you know, he 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 uh, played in Colville's run, played in the game at Charlton Athletic as well. And they signed Ethan Ross, who goalkeeper from Stockport so you look at those and think mm, they're not bad signings for a club like Altrincham mm. they've uh, they've certainly not weakened it won't have weakened their squad those signings some decent ones no no you, you would think again that they might they might be top half and if all clicks might be pushing for a playoff place they're clearly yeah, having a bit of a go yeah. aren't they Mm, yeah. yeah, they had a good lad last season. What was his name? Ryan, Ryan, somebody, Colclough. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, he's moved, <laughs> hasn't he? Uh, and then Bank Holiday Monday, Hartlepool. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't quite weigh up what Hartlepool will do this season, mm. say, because they, they they had a remarkable year under Challoner uh, mm. and were a terrific side. I mean, we couldn't yeah. lay a lay a boot yeah. on them, could we? They were uh, no. they were far 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 superior both matches home and away that season but mm-hmm. you know they've they've obviously fallen back since then since Chandler went to uh, uh, Stockport and um, we'll just have a quick look at Hartlepool signings let's have a look they've uh, oh I can't quite find them on the list uh, but yeah. Askey's such a good manager yeah. isn't he at uh, this level yeah very mm. very good yeah um, they've got a 19 year old centre back Kieran Burton, who came um, from, well, he was a Barnsley youth. Uh, Joel Dixon, keeper from Bolton. Kieran Wallace, Mansfield Town. I mentioned him earlier on, didn't we? Another goalkeeper, Paul Jameson, 30, um, from Harrogate. Of course, Manny Di Sarube, who knows how to score a key goal in a key match in this division. Uh, Chris Ray from Southend. Um, striker who doesn't score too often. Um, uh, Manny Honoriata, who uh, was at Dagenham last year, decent player, I like him. And a lad called Anthony Man- Mancini, Mancini, who um, was at Stanley last season. So, again, you know, no- nothing remarkable there, but, you know, 
nothing that's dreadful either. Mm. So they're, no. they're, 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 they're going to be... I, I, I think that they'll not match uh, Paul, their bookies' expectations. Yeah, um, I think they'll be sort of... They'll be pushing there or thereabouts. You know, they'll be a good side. Um, probably... Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say they're going to be top six, maybe. Um, but I don't know whether whether we've still got any hang-ups from last year because it takes a lot when you get relegated out of that to, to kind of shake that, that thing off, doesn't it, really? I think you've got to have an exceptional season yeah. or make some really key signings or keep the best players out of that squad. So that's the difference. If they can stay injury-free... Uh, and make a good start, then then they could pr- probably reach sixth. Um, but it depends, um, like I say, on on many other factors that they've uh, they've got. But purely, I don't say this in top six purely because they've got John Askey as manager. That's that's yeah. why. Yeah. So I really rate him as a boss. So you know he's completely yeah. done it at that level. So. Well, he was badly um, de- dealt a bad blow at um, where was it? He was. Uh, York, York, mm, because the mm, sack from York. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, 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 that's right. And that created a lot of boardroom pressure, didn't it? Yeah. So that's right. But I, 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 I think Oldham and Woking will be our two closest rivals. That's that's my my prediction for top three: Chesterfield, Oldham, and Woking. I think Eastleigh will be there or thereabouts. Um, then I think there might be a, a big mid-table. I, th- I think the team going into the final match of the season in 19th place might still have a chance of the playoffs by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, well. going to be a real, real, real um, uh, big belly in in the in the middle. And I think Oxford City will struggle. Um, I think, uh, I, I genuinely think Rochdale might struggle, you know, daft mm-hmm. as it sounds. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you get on a bit of a downer, we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, South End will struggle if they play. Um, no, no question about that. You, 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 the usual suspects, the Wheelstons, and that who, who are brilliant at just staying above, above water. I think the Wheelstons and Maidenheads and Aldershot will, um, will, will struggle as well. But hey, who knows? Who, who, who knows? We've not really talked about Danny Rowan and Quasi Asante. We've talked about all the players who are fit. Mm. Oh, by the way, Ollie Palmer was due to have started training properly again this week. Uh, but Tyra Williams has got the shirt at the moment, and you know if he's a couple of weeks off the pace, Palmer, it's unlikely he'll start against against uh, Dorking. But we're not talked about a quasi Asante who, off air, we were talking. Uh, does I think he's had a, a, a groin operation that uh, mm. could potentially clear up what, uh, what what's been giving him a few problems for a while. And Danny Rose back in in training. Yeah. Are we are we likely to see those? Uh, Incorporate into a first team squad, or do you think Paul Cook will still be trying to move them on? To be honest, I think the ship sailed with them both. Um, if we can move them out, I suspect he would like to, uh, which would again release some funds. Um, even if we couldn't get teams to pick up all their wages, if you could get them to pick up a a chunk of them it would help wouldn't it um and realistically now he's signed i mean we didn't men- mention young uh, curtis did we um yeah, he's, in, he's he's been added to the fold as i say i still think we'll go out and pick up another forward is that really leaving those two behind quigley grig curtis 
and AN other, it's leaving them fifth and sixth on the pecking order. Uh, so my my gut feeling is we've probably seen the last of them in a in a blue shirt, but you never know. Yeah, well, as Sandy, if, if he does shake off the injury, he's always uh, uh, one because he, he he did okay in that left centre mid, uh, uh, left attacking mid position, didn't he? When he uh, mm. uh, when, when he came there uh, a, a few times ago, but yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's going to be a long way back for for those um, for, for those guys. No question about it. Um, Kieran Dyer Stewart has become. Um, a formal part of the backroom squad as well now. So with Gary Roberts and, and Danny Webb, there's plenty of strength there. Very different to the days of the one man and his bucket. <laughs> well, indeed, yes. And he's obviously uh, trusted, you know, from, from the moment he steps in because he's known to both Paul Cook and Gary Roberts from, from Ipswich. Um, I believe the Ipswich forward was, yeah, yeah. Harley Curtis was, was a player that he has championed and we brought in and signed, you know, so, uh, and, uh, there, there, there was talk of, um, well, he was actually seen in the crowd later on, but there was talk of him being away scouting or something during one earlier game that we'd played. Um, I think it might've been the Sheffield Wednesday game, but he was spotted sort of back up in the crowd doing that, higher up observational sort of role that clubs sometimes have mm. people doing. Um, so yeah, he, you know, he's an experienced player, isn't he? You know, he's a player with some kind of significant national profile in the game. So, you know, players who are coming along, especially, and just trying to make their first steps in the game, um, will be able to look to someone like him, you know, for, for, for wisdom and experience, um, irrespective of whatever particular kind of technical, ability he has as a coach you know and, and it's good it it, it it might give us a a sort of an active coaching team that is one larger than most of the other national league sides i did have try and have a look at that during the close season um most seem to have three and we now have four um but uh you know i, I don't think that's that's uh, obscenely overstaffed or anything for a team with our resources, you know. Should have seen and, and if it, well, if it helped to bring us success, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, my word, um, you know, so well. much the better. Mm. And um, I think in his interview, Paul Kieran Dyer said one of the things he wanted to do was try and bring on players individually as well. Mm. So yeah, when you've got somebody who's got as many England caps as Kieran Dyer's got, you, you know, any player's going to listen to it, particularly somebody like him who's come through uh, uh, injury and personal difficulties over the, uh, the, the the time and bounce back positively. Mm. They're, they're going to listen to him, Paul, aren't they? Yeah, well, they've just got to read his book, haven't they, about that. So, um, you know, he's, he talks about that in, in detail. So, um, but if you're not listening to the likes of Kieran Dyer, then uh, you're really not going to be listening to anybody, are you? So, you know, players like Dobra, um, Bailey Hobson, I bet Bailey Hobson can't believe the look that he's, he's got. He's got uh, Danny Webb, an experienced to a National League player and coach now. Um, who's got, you can fall back on for, for him. Gary Roberts, what a, what a player and what a career he's had. Paul Cook, you know, as your, your sort of mentor there, as your, your manager. My word, I mean, you know, just around the dressing room, the experience that they've got. Will Griggs played just about 500 games, hasn't he, or something like that. So, you know, in, incredible amount of experience uh, for him. So, yeah, the, there's lots yeah, to delve into in the coaching staff. And, um, you know, 
if Chesterfield don't do it this Chesterfield season, what more can they do? You know, yeah. in many respects. And we talk, we mentioned the interview with Kieran Dyer there, Daz. But listening to Bailey Hobson's interview, I can rarely think of anybody who clearly wanted to to be at a place more than Bailey Hobson did that day. And Will Griggs' interview as well clearly made it that Paul Cook was mm. not just massive, but the reason. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Young Hobson was so refreshing, wasn't he? I mean, he was bursting with excitement. He was like a kid on Christmas morning. Uh, he couldn't believe where he was uh, and how he progressed. And uh, um, uh, just to see the enthusiasm in him. And he plays that way too, doesn't he? You know, he's mm. he's all action. He's totally committed. Um, he, he's obviously got a lot to learn, but but my word, you, you can't doubt his enthusiasm and his desire and his commitment. And if you've got those, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of the strengths, i.e., the willingness to run straight into the heart with the ball that Tim Akinola had. Uh, uh, but he just seems to be a little bit stronger than Tim Akinola. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's very robust. He's well built. In the uh, travels decently over the ground. I wouldn't say he's a a flyer, but he travels decently over the ground and carries the ball. Um, and he looked to have a shot once or twice, which is obviously. Uh, as we'd seen um, on the scam videos that were about of him at Alfred, and he, he likes to have a pot and, and score a few goals. So, yeah, he, he might be, he, he might just be a, a good wild card coming off the bench, I think. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's good to see. Will Grigg, yeah, I don't think that was any surprise, really. I think if Paul Cook hadn't have been here, Will Grigg wouldn't have been here either. But um, he, he knows how Cookie plays. It obviously played to his strengths when when they were together before. Um and the thing I like about Grig, he hadn't he hadn't scored lots of goals, but the ones he's had have been clinical finishes. And even in the even in the the Derby and and, and Wednesday and United games, the, the half chance that he had it was one touch and bang on target each time. It was not fluff your shot, miscontrol it. You know, blaze it eye into the into the into the uh, Tesco's car park. So, yeah, I, I I can see him if he can keep fit, and I'll touch whatever woods within touching distance. I can see him getting thirty five, forty this year. Mm. Well, it, you know, what's a natural finisher, Stuart? But you know, a below a division player. Bearing in mind this is the lowest he's ever played, Will Grigg does look like one, doesn't he? You know, people always used to say um, Owen Doyle was a natural finisher, but he wasn't. Yeah. He just converted quite a few of the zillions of chances yeah. that, that yeah. Gary mm. Roberts and, and co know. created in 13, 14, and 14, mm. 15. Um, whereas Will Grigg is just there, you know, uh, yeah. and he's finishing it. He, he, he does look so different to the, the the players who've scored quite a few goals for us in recent times. You certainly know Craig Davis. No. You certainly know Jack no. Lester. Mm. But he is just uh, annoying for uh, opposition because he's always in the right place. Yeah, you, you, you can't underestimate the value of somebody who can put a ball in the net from two yards, can you? And, you know, it, it cost us on a number of occasions last season <laughs> yeah, yeah. not having anyone like that. Um, and as long as we can get the service right so long as the final ball is right you know to to him in the box then he will score goals you know and, and then he'll get a good ratio of 
goals to chances that he's presented with. Um, it's just, you know, can, have we got the quality? And I'm sure with people like Cole Clough and Dobra and, and, and even all the way back to the fullbacks with people like Jeff King, we've got the quality to be able to get good service to him. And I think on that basis alone, he's going to be scoring a lot of goals for us next season. We've got sort of 70 minutes into the podcast, Paul, and we've not mentioned Liam Mandeville, who was involved with more individual goals yeah. than any other player in terms of goal scored and uh, an assist. He, he, he's probably been the quietest of the big players in, in pre-season, but I don't think that's a, a worry, is it? Is it? No, I don't think so. He backed two on the first two goals against Matlock, and yeah, since then he's been... Uh, quieter. I know they've rotated the role for him playing left in the middle and the right, uh, just to give them some some options over the course. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I mean, the three games at home, Colclough didn't really stand out as a as a you know one of the players that you think always oh, had a great sort of uh, pre-season. But I know he scored on. On Saturday, I wasn't there on oh, Saturday. It was so Wisbank at Accrington. He was on so there we go. So he was yeah. he was kind of resting mm. for it, wasn't he? So you know <laughs> he was excellent against Matlock. You know, uh, but then again, the, the, you know they, it were, they were you know they were really clinical. Um, but I'm you know clutching at straws that you don't read in too much into into that scenario. They're all chomping at the bit to try and get into that first eleven on against Dorking. That's when it's key. Yes. Yeah, you, you you said something earlier where you didn't think Grig was a Jack Lester. Oh, I see a lot of Jack Lester in Grig. The low centre of gravity does his work primarily in the box. Um, all about first touch and getting the half yard away from people. I think there's quite a lot of Jack in him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Well made. Yeah, uh, and of, but of course, Jack was never a striker until he came to Chesterfield. He was always a sort of a an attacking midfielder, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, no, number ten and, or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm. and, yeah, number ten, and and, and learned his trade, uh, and did remarkably well. Probably scored more yeah. goals for Chesterfield than he did for the rest of his career added up together. I've not checked that, but I bet it's not far off. Yeah. So uh, no, no question about. Uh, 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 about that, we talked about the big crowds, at the, the friendlies, and of course one of them was the uh, Drew Talbot testimonial, which of course, uh, you know, uh, I, I've sort of got a slightly biased view, but you know, to 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 sell over nine thousand tickets, Stuart, in a testimonial, it's the numero uno in the history of the history of yep. the club, and I know part of the that was just hitting Sheffield Wednesday on at the right time as well. Let's not pretend it wasn't. Mm. Um, and I, I think they brought twice as many supporters as they would have done if they'd have won the league with five games to, to go like they were threatening to do at one stage. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact that they were out of it, then back in it, and then last minute extra time has brought about this yeah. level of excitement that if they'd have won, won the title with four games remaining, it was, oh, well, we should have won, won that wow. anyway. So, you know, that, that added to the, the excitement. Mm. But uh, what a great day for, for, for Drew and what a great servant he's been for the club. It was, wasn't it? There's 4,000 people from a team that you last played for, you know, 10 years previously or whenever it was. I'm, I'm sure they all came out of appreciation for Tom from Chesterfield as well for his rallying yeah. phone call on the day before <laughs> the... Uh, so I needed Chef Wednesday, any good. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Chesterfield, who later revealed his name was John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, because somebody on Radio Sheffield didn't hear him right the first time he rang. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, it, it it was a great day, wasn't it? And and, and very well deserved, you know. Um, it, it's slightly peculiar in that there'd been a couple of years, or, or perhaps a few more than that, now between the end of Drew's playing career and the actual game itself. You know, I think many of the others. Um, would have got their testimonial game in their last season, you know. Mm. Um, but even so, to do, you know, and, and that would be a reason why fewer people came, wouldn't it? You know. Mm. Um, but no, nine thousand, as you say, a record crowd for an individual player's testimonial match um, for Chesterfield player. Yeah, it's uh, mm. fantastic, you know, and 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 a, and, a really nice day for a yeah. player who deserves it. Yeah, and the great reception of the Sheffield Wednesday supporters. And, mm-hmm. and Drew's a little bit like Ernie in that he doesn't get it. You know, he doesn't get all the adulation. He's just turned up, done his job to the best mm-hmm. of his ability. The thing is, he did his job to the best of his ability every time he crossed the white line, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. the difference, isn't it? Yeah, it's very Absolutely. humble, yeah. isn't he? He's very humble. Yeah. I think that it, it was him and uh, Danny Whittaker when we went up in the first season at the... Um, Proax Stadium, as it yeah. was. I think it was him and Danny that were the last people off the pitch signing autographs mm. by a country mile uh, yeah. at the end of that day. Mm. Um, you know, which shows you the sort of person he is. Yeah. that'll be the cheapest. Uh, that'll be the cheapest fixture that Sheffield Wednesday fans can go to all season. Oh my! Uh, having yeah. raised their uh, <laughs> attendances. Yeah, monitor did point out the fact that maybe uh, that's that's uh, because it's it's whatever pound notes it is for the uh, for the match. But you know, uh, uh, yeah, we're obviously delighted that they accepted the fixture and 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 Sheffield Wednesday called the shots to a lot of it. They were the people who said uh, um, they wanted it to be an absolute um, proper pre-season Workout. match, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a, a proper game. So there was never any doubt. So some of the um, uh, uh, the the froth that you might build up to a, a, a testimonial we we deliberately didn't do because we were re, re, you know that and Wednesday ironically also wanted it to be a ten pound fixture so uh, right. uh, you know you know we uh, uh, we were initially looking at charging more than that but uh, they wanted that and it and it worked well I um you know we've got mm. got no problems uh, uh, with it all because it was a terrific day and it's a day you'll remember. Um, uh, uh, as much as anything, so you know, I'll be seeing Drew in, in a day or two. This 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 will have gone out after that at the uh, launch of his bottled beer, and I have to say the uh, very nice Drew did a brilliant job. It was mm. very very nice. The Drew Talbot, mm. uh, and, and, and it's it's quite funny on the on on the name. Um, Chris Radford from the brewery and myself were trying to think of something when we first thought of the concept back in February time. And we couldn't think of anything. So, well, we don't need to know now. And anyway, I just woke up one in the middle of one night and I thought, right, okay, we need to nail this name now. It's getting to time for a for a name. And I'm going, Drew, Drew, Drew. Oh, that likes Brew. <laughs> so uh, it, it was the simplest name ever, but the most effective name yeah. ever. But but when when the combined brains of the two of us were actually trying to think of it, it didn't. We just couldn't come up with anything. We were all sorts, of, and then it was the most obvious but it was a nice beer or is a nice beer if you don't have a chance to get one nip down brampton brewery and get some of the uh, some of the bottles that it, i'm sure i think it was the tagline phil that did it for me yes phil, it was the tagline. Yeah, uh, uh, robust with a hint of ginger 
yeah, yeah. Mm. And you know, Chris had never brewed a beer with with ginger before, and they had to um, trial several different approaches and do all the sampling every day for ages. Uh, it was terrible work, apparently. And they ended up infused. They infused the ginger into it like a tea bag type of thing. They put it in a mm-hmm. in a, a, a vessel with perforations in and infused it into the. Because uh, yeah, I, I'd wanted a little bit of ginger in, and when I when I asked Chris about that, and then I went and read the reviews of some beers with ginger, and they were all awful. <laughs> uh, I think I've given him an impossible task here. But he's come up with a, a great one, and you can tell there's a little bit of ginger in there, but it's not overpowering. So uh, mm-hmm. really, really, oh, we're all really pleased, uh, all really pleased with it. So uh, there we uh, there we go. Another just a date for the diary, Thursday the third of August. The next supporters forum drop in because of holidays and everything. We didn't have one in July. And if you're listening and you arrange any away transport for any games, we'd love you to come along because we're going to concentrate on away travel as much as anything we'll talk about all the other usual stuff as well but but certainly top of the agenda will be uh, away fans because we've now got the bridge in who is yeah. now the barrel in travel club the bridge in <laughs> that was the bridge in travel club is now the bridge in travel club which is not the barrel bridge in travel club and i know certainly for file the uh, um the britannia at uh, uh, tupton is taking a bus to to file that's already full. I saw Carl at Packington the other day, and he says it's full. Um, uh, uh, Dean Chaplin runs buses on quite a basis. Sure. There's, there's, a, there's no excuse for not getting there. Well Haslin, yeah, I think they're doing one Who's as that? well. I think Shoulder and Button Haslin. So uh, yeah, well they get a lot of fans in yeah. there. They yeah, do. I, yeah, I, I often uh, uh, you know coming back from. From matches, often see lots and lots of town fans in there on a Saturday night after after an away game. So yeah, it, it's terrific that you know the the crowds at home last season were great. The crowds away will be great, and if Chester will do start off well, you, know, you just mm. wonder how many they're going to take to the likes of uh, Altrincham and uh, and and some of the more local games, you know Halifax and everything like that. It'll be it'll be quite interesting, won't it? So mm. anything that we want to add um august the 4th friday is the um memorial garden and uh, service isn't quite the word but there's a, a bit of a commemoration before the start of every season isn't there yeah yeah um where we remember the players we've lost over the previous season and all of that um that's always a yeah, nice seven o'clock i think seven o'clock yeah. it, is it seven yeah um it's always a nice sort of reflective thing to go and attend i find on the on this season's eve you know so that'll be happening august the 4th seven o'clock at the memorial garden and of course there'll be a new suddenly a new man on the wall of fame with jerry clark mm. yeah yeah mm. passed away since uh, uh since the event last uh last year uh good point uh stu i'd forgotten about that um paul anything um no, we're going to try and meet as often as we can, more regular than, than last season. We'll have plenty to discuss, I'm pretty certain. Uh, full credit to the supporters for notching up 40% of the capacity to even turn up at week in, week out. I think that's a remarkable number, um, with, I'm sure, many more to come as well, you know, as the football goes on, half-season tickets, etc. Uh, uh, the SMH Group Stadium is the place to be, isn't it, Uh Little nod to the uh, new name of the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you know, I met one of the uh, one of the principals 
at Drew's testimonial and um, yeah, Drew, to Drew told me we were looking for one more sponsor. And uh, Drew's wife, Charlotte, said, uh, oh, Dr Drew's a client of SMH, the new people, because we weren't wanting to tread on any of the club's ground. We were fishing in a mm. new pond. And mm. um, uh, anyway, they 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 filled the gap of the last uh, sponsor. And I was talking to uh, 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 to one of the principals, and he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah." I'm quite pally with uh, with Drew, known him for some considerable time. And it's quite pally that he was the guy that gave him a lift back from Wembley after one of the JPT finals. So yeah, oh, I think right. he's a little bit more than a bit pally, yeah. you know. So they, they they seem to be a real good fit, you know, mm. from what I've seen of the uh, of the people at the business. Yeah, uh, they seem to be a real good fit, so uh, they're looking forward to it. Uh, no question about it. And um, you know, obviously, it'll give exposure to um, to, to them. They've got a, a, a they've got ten or eleven branches around the area, but the, there's one on Saltergate. Uh, and I think people didn't know the name SMH because they've always gone in the name of Sutton. Uh, McGrath and something else, isn't it? It was a, it was the right. full name of the S and the M and the H, and that, that I think confused <laughs> a few people. But you know, the the new branding is there, and it'll be the signage will be up soon. Uh, I think it's been delayed somewhere um, before it came, but it'll it'll not be long before it's um, before it's up. Daz, um, yeah, the the only thing that struck me when I was looking at the fixtures is between kickoff on the fifth. And the end of September, mm. we've thirteen league games to fit in. Yeah, they don't like is... they don't like night matches in November, December, no. January, February, March, do they? No, and although you, you end know, up with loads of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which just means you've really got to hit the ground running, mm. and you know by that time we need to have accumulated a lot of points by the end of September to give yourself that platform to build on through the long, dark winter days and nights. And, um, yeah, I, I just think it's so crucial that we get off to a good start because you can then build in the odd blip along the way. If we start off iffily and we're suddenly chasing, um, then you've got to put together colossal run at some point to pull it back. And I, I would rather be the hare in this, in this instance, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, this yeah. 13 games right up front, absolutely critical. Could you take 37 points out of them 13 games? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were the hare last year until the 1st of October. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't a great deal wrong that we could have done at the start last year. No. So but we had that mad week, and that that's the one that cost us. Not, it wasn't necessarily yeah, yeah, a was that, that run, run, but so it but, was. But, yeah. but equally, yeah, but equally, you're not going to get a team like Wrexham who win twenty well, games not. or whatever. No, well, we have the we have the mad week, and then the nine game without a win, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you two things. Go on, Paul. Sorry, the three-game run cost us top spot, and the nine-game run very nearly cost us the playoffs. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm going to ask you just a few questions. The first ones are simple, and I don't want any discussion. I just want yes, no's, whatever. Right. Uh, promotion, championship. It can be yes, yes, uh, yes, no. So, or, or no, no. So, 
Archester will go and get promoted, Stuart. Yes. Paul. Yes. Daryl. Yes. Phil, yes. Are they going to be champions, Stuart? Yes, with the personal proviso that I don't <laughs> mind if we're back in the playoffs because we'll go and do it this year if we happen to be. But yes. So, so that, for that's Stuart's answer. answer to nothing other than yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said yes. <laughs> Yes, but you know, if it happens that that it's no, well, it's Uh, it's still on with it now. (laughs) Mute him, (laughs) Paul. Yes or no, champions? Yes. 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 Bearing in mind your predictions, I wish you'd have said no. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'll say yes. That's why I hesitated. And then the real. The real test, because this will go out on Monday, score at Bristol Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start that with, I'm going to say 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Uh, I'm going nil, nil. Oh, nil, nil for Paul? Yeah. yeah you're, you're, you're pursing your lips, Daz. 2-1 to the Spyrites. 2-1 to the Spyrites. And Stuart, uh, bearing in one. mind that Chesterfield have never won a league game away at Bristol Rovers and only won once in the League Cup in 3,000 years. Since it's not a league game, we ought to go for an away win, but I'm going to say 2 all, mainly because you said 1-1. One, one. Yeah, 1-1, one we had 0-0, 1-1, 2-2, one, one, two, two, and a 2-1 win for Daryl. So, uh, yeah, a, 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 well, a multiple of grounds, because they played all over the place, Eastville and Bath mm. and Memorial Ground and all sorts of places. Only ever one League Cup victory at, uh, at um, well, it was Eastville, wasn't it, back in the early yeah, 60s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, there you go, and every other one. Well, including the last ever game at Eastville, of course. We mm. played in, uh, that's in that on, that's on YouTube, game. isn't it? Yeah. That's Is on it? YouTube. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. The whole game? I don't know about that. I'm not sure about oh, that. Well, well, uh, it's that on YouTube, yeah. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Paul, for making sure everything uh, comes together. and. Uh, goes I'll out see there. you all at oh, Oxford. because I'm, I'm on holiday now, so I'll see you all in Oxford. All right. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so Paul Fisher, Stuart Basson, Daryl Carpenter, me, Phil Tooley. Thanks, and uh, as Paul promised, we'll be back sooner rather than later. In the still of the night, at dawn's early light, in fact, all day through, we'll be a spy right. As the sad sweet beside, we love and despise the ups and the downs, because we're a spy right. And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favourite podcast providers.